set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. From the studios of WHUPLP Hillsboro, welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, you've got a job with a view. Singer, songwriter, stranger, the tallest man on earth is here. Welcome. Murmur. Welcome back to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo from the Modern School of Film. Honored to be with you every week live uh, via whupfm.org. Also, you can hear us evergreen on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you go to iTunes or any of these places, but I think primarily iTunes, if you download us, and if you listen to us and if you like us, drop us a review. I think that helps. That's what I hear. We have a nice growing audience. I want to keep it going. We have a website, murmurradio.com. We have social handles. Twitter, Instagram is at msfmurmur. And the mothership, modernschoolfilm.com for all our comings and goings, live events, we are doing a really cool new thing june 13th we are making our canadian debut june 13th uh, with cineplex cinemas uh, i did a chat not too long ago with david cross professor at the modern school of film and professor of arrested development and we talked about quadrophenia a film that he loves so the Cineplex Cinemas is going to broadcast that film. They're going to show the whole film on June 13th in select Canadian cinemas. But we're all, they're also going to show the chat I did with David in advance of the screening. So that'll be fun. And also Frank Rodham, really great filmmaker, really super guy, did an original introduction for me. So we're going to show that June 13th. Go to modernschoolfilm.com, look under David Cross, not literally, but look under his name, and you'll see all the information. Uh, Murmur Radio, thank you for being here. We've been on the road a little bit, and that'll segue somewhat into today's guest and some of the ideas for today. Today's guest is the tallest man on earth, uh, a.k.a. Christian Matson. 
uh, or Christian Matson, a.k.a. the tallest man on earth. I'm not sure how these a.k.a.s work. I need an a.k.a. Uh, don't answer that. Anyway, uh, so Christian, such a good guy, is going to be with us. Uh, he's actually bi-continental right now. He's living in Brooklyn, New York, the continent of Brooklyn, uh, away from his typical home of Sweden, uh, Stockholm. No, he's not. He doesn't live in Stockholm. I think he lives in a smaller countryside, a more rural place. But he may live in Stockholm as well. Okay, so Christian will be with us today. My Swedish is sounding pretty good. <laughs> my accent, my intonations, my diphthongs. We've been on the road recently. I was in London not too long ago uh, speaking with Donnie Yen. We're going to broadcast that chat. Really cool chat we did with Donnie on the state of martial arts cinema. We, I was in uh, Chicago at the Onion Comedy Festival, did a chat with Chris Guest about films that he's loved, and that, that was a lot of fun because we had some cool original content um, from Harry Shear and Jane Lynch and Fred Willard, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll play both of those talks on Murmur as episodes in the next couple of weeks. But we were on, I was on the road, li- like to be on the road as often as possible and want to bring Murmur on the road more. It's a it's a wonderful thing. I've truly been able to see the world through work, and that's a gift. I guess because I don't take vacations, and I'm not trying to sound noble. I just I'm I'm not good in, in, at, at turning it off and letting it go. So I I like the idea of a working act, not active like hey let's go visit this volcano. I like the active. I like the idea of an active attempt to see another place, find your way through another place. Christian, uh, the tallest man on earth, is in Brooklyn, and we'll talk to him about why he's there, he's working, and also love has brought him there, I believe. I I can't speak for anyone else's love, but it seems like love is in the equation. I've been able to see the world through the work I do, and it's really great. You know, there's this old super-duper cliche expression be a traveler, not a tourist. So I think when work is on the table, it's really easy to travel in the sense that you have something to do. You you have something you have to get done. And I love that integration because it takes all the pressure off of seeing a place in a specific way, which I think is so... Well, look, one cannot judge one, one one's another's travel agenda and strategy. But I I enjoy sitting, watching, drinking coffee, smoking cigar, if and when available, and if and when the country or city allows, and doing my work. Because I think as an American traveling and having a satchel of art and media information to share and to receive back, it is still something of value and I say often, one can assess the current state of film or media or moving imagery that comes out of America and have whatever opinion one wants, but the passport of it all is really beautiful and robust. And I wouldn't trade it. It's actually, uh, when I look behind me, I think of it as one of the great remainders or the concurrent realities of what I do. I, I love doing it. I love moving because I learn so much about myself and the thing I do. When, when you pluck it out of context, you can see it beautifully and differently. 
and people as well, you know, uh, learning those cultures through. It, you know what? It's interesting because when one travels to a country with another that ostensibly speaks another language, there's that there's that um, a, that that distance between you and that language and that community. But the work be, becomes a bridge. The work. Because the work is a language, film and media and art and culture and music are languages, and they're they're unifi- they're languages of unification. So it's wonderful to be able to travel in this way, and be able to offer something or a script of some kind, a pretext. Uh, that said, it is true for me that the most interesting travel remembrances are the ones that had nothing to do with the work, but. I've met so many great people and so many great students, and and I love having guests on my programs of other from other countries because I learned so much about the work as a basis, my work, the basis of my work. You know, it, it is really exciting. So, you know, and and to bury the lead, the the topic of home is always one that is a preoccupation of mine. So, home travel vocabulary, use, creativity, art, inspiration, small topics for an um, episode of Murmur. <laughs> we never tackle these things. Uh, it's, it's all, you know, Fellini had a great, one of my favorite Fellini quotes, and I've always understood it. It always resonated with me as he said, my, my films never end. I love that, you know. Uh, I always think of that in terms of my stuff, the work I've been able to do, it never ends. You know, Hitchcock was once asked, are you working on a film right now? He said, I'm working on a film every day of my life. Today on the show, working on something, certainly the tallest man on earth, Christian Matson. first this. Mr. Bob-san, you're サントリーウイスキーがあります。わかりますね。感情を込めてゆっくりとカメラを見て優しく。そしてあなたの古い友達に会うように言ってください。カサブランカのボギーのように君の瞳に乾杯。サントリータイム。Um, all right, does he want me to, to turn from the right or turn from the あの、彼の方はもう準備ができてます。それであのスタートがかかった時にあのカメラの方に振り向く時に左から振り向けばいいのか右から振り向けばいいのかその辺のところはいかがなさいましょうかっていうことなんですけれども。どちらでいいんだ
For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. カット、カット、カット、カット。本当に分かってんなんだ、届けちゃって。これサントリーの響きだよ。高いんだからサントリーの中で一番。もうもっと高級な気持ちで、ね。日常的なお酒じゃないんだよ。くじゅどいつそは
see Manhattan in the distance, and it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty calm, but I don't go downtown Brooklyn that often. But yeah, I mean, it was very, it's very different from from back home. I live like on the countryside, like country countryside. So, right. But I go, I go back and forth, and I've kind of figured out how to, you know, enjoy the. The the, the the best of both worlds. There's a lot of things here that I don't have back home, and when this place drives me nuts, I just go home. <laughs> you know, it, that is the best of both worlds. You know, it's balance, balance is key. You know, I think, you know, you're, you're creating this really smart opportunity to be inspired in both places. Red Hook does have some water. I mean, I know that. Yeah. You know, it has, it has a view of Park Slope, which you can, like, walk to or take a bus to, but it's also got some breezes which a lot of New York doesn't yeah. get a breeze, but Red Hook does. Uh, would you? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's open, and I do. I run in the morning when I wake up. I go out and run, and I run down to the Brooklyn Bridge Park, and I kind of feel like like I'm in a movie, like walk, yeah. looking at Manhattan. And so, yeah, no, I'm finding a lot of good good spots here, and um, I'm currently working. Uh, in Pioneer Works. Oh, cool. An amazing place in, in Red Hook. And yeah, there's lots of things going on here. And yeah. Well, you know, we've, uh, we were talking to the tallest man on earth. We had Daniel Anwar on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Daniel, legendary uh, Grammy winning producer. Yeah. Uh, he talked to. We talked a little bit about working with you two and recording. And, and, and he, you know, determines that recording. We, we underestimate this idea of a location. You know, I think from a movie tradition, it makes complete sense how location informs a movie. But music, how, how important is where you record it in terms of the sound coming out, um, to simplify it a little bit? When you think of the location of where you want to record, where does that happen in the process? Is, are the, is the music and the lyrics and the themology in the work already? Or is, when does location of recording... Uh, figure into your your work yeah when I, I when is a that's a that's a that's a tough question because i don't know i just kind of i just end up in places but <laughs> yeah, my, my my last album for example uh dark bird is home that i did <clears throat> most of the music back home in my studio that's in a barn that's been made into a chapel kind of feeling place um i decided I, I need to i needed to to do all the all the tracks there all the the music because it was one of those records where i just had to let a lot of stuff out and just like be really expressive with a lot of different instruments and i needed the countryside of sweden for, I, I needed the the hideaway for that to right. just like get the feeling of being like forget about time and being just high no uh, the feeling that no one knows what you're doing right. you're just like you're in your own little universe and did that but when it came to record the vocals on there i didn't want to do that back home because if i do vocals when i'm hiding out in the woods i i don't have an audience and i don't have a nerve nice. I, I don't i don't I don't have a nerve to to do it well because I'm only doing it to my for myself and then there's no edge to it. So 
then I did the vocals over here or up in Wisconsin. You, you were in Eau Claire, which is Justin Vernon yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just because I I need to feel a little uncomfortable when I do vocals. Interesting. And I'm I'm very comfortable in in Justin's place, but like there's people around in the studio, and there's you can't just mess around forever. So you get a little of the same feeling, that same tension that I get on a, on a live show. That, like you have to do it. You're at your best now because I, there are people looking, well, watching. I, th- I love so. that 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 trigonometry because you know a lot of writers like screenwriters that I teach they want to be taught screenwriting because they want an expectation they want someone to say when are you going to finish and when so I, I it's you know may not be a direct comparison yeah. but I think you're right about you used a great word um you know being in Sweden the timelessness but sometimes you need time yeah. no sometimes you need a yeah. ticking clock in your yeah. in, in your heart somewhere do you do you not test lyrics, but do you audition lyrics in a sense? And do you do that externally with people, almost, you know, dress rehearse them? Or is that too poetic a, a metaphor for, for your lyrical process? Well, I do a lot of gibberish and I try out a lot of things, but I, I have done that in the past when it's just me by myself. There's, right. there's some, something that I, I don't have the confidence to do <laughs> that full on in front of people, not even in front of my girlfriend. Sometimes I write a song, I start to write a song, and I kind of have the music and, say, a verse and half of a chorus that will be in the song pretty much. It usually ends up in the song in the end, but then the rest of it, I just keep on, and then I kind of just try out words, and I, instead of, <clears throat> sometimes I sit down with pen and paper, but a lot of times, there's a lot of just looping the song, is playing it over and over, and just trying out sentences that, like, like, you know, that just pop up from somewhere, and that takes you on, and you find something, it takes you to the next, but there's a lot of gibberish in there, and being that English is not my first language, it's... Them. Well, you know, the Swedes aren't too far behind. The fluency rate of Sweden is astronomical. I think it's the highest English fluency rate. I think you're more fluent in English than Americans are. My travels through Sweden, it, it, it's a gorgeously fluent uh, countryside, no? Well, it's getting really good, like in, say, my generation and the generation before that, and like growing up with American TV and traveling more i guess we and we have a kind of a useless language unless you're in norway and denmark <laughs> you use swedish but then you need to know english but i mean my parents generation and that they they can definitely you can hear that they come from sweden because <laughs> they talk like this uh, oh no <laughs> but yeah no i think i mean i can't i came home from school and i turned on the tv and it was fresh prince and bel-air <laughs> you know <laughs> True, I'm not making. It. No, I'm <laughs> laughing. Kind of I'm laughing because I could see you doing that. I could visualize that. <laughs> yeah, and we don't we don't overdub the movies like the, like the Italians, the Germans. Do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Italians and the Germans do. So yeah. we get that we get to hear English from an early point, and we get some 
cool subtitles so we can kind of start to figure out like the connections between the written words and what's said on the screen. You know, I, I just realized you said something very important. We're speaking with the tallest man on earth um, about lyrics and your girlfriend because usually there's this list of things, right? Uh, you have to determine, can you use the bathroom in front of your girlfriend? Can you determine yeah. if you can fart in front of your girlfriend? I'm now adding to the list lyrics. Are you guys, when yeah. will you ever be at a stage where you can <laughs> uh, share lyrics with your girlfriend? This is an important stage, you know. Th- it's an important test for a relationship, no? Yeah, no, I, 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 I did, and I get, I actually, I recorded two songs after the album, and released them last year, Time of the Blue and Rivers, that I just released as singles. I just wanted to try. I didn't have a record deal anymore, so I just to see how it worked to just record something on the road and get it online. And it worked. But with those two, I actually had my girlfriend help me like to go over the lyrics because she is a she's an English major and she <laughs> speaks really good. English and for the first time I felt like there's a there's a lot of weird grammar <laughs> English grammar in in my lyrics yeah. because I just didn't care I didn't have respect for the for the language but maybe I wanted to be I want to start be a little more precise we have a yeah. lot of exceptions that's the problem with the English language there's there are so many ex- most languages have a lot of rules and few exceptions we have the opposite yeah. we have few rules and a lot of exceptions and I think that's what's screw- yeah screw you up is, is your girlfriend is she american or is she scandinavian or? she's american she yeah is. she's american she's yeah she's from here that's why i'm here i mean <laughs> that's why I, I gave it a shot to like to be in new york because she has a job that she needs to be here and does, does new york I have a job where i can be anywhere does new york inspire you i i always wonder i i don't know if new york is we overestimate it as a source of inspiration because it can be draining. It's a loud city, you know, Stockholm or Swedish yeah. cities or Scandinavian cities are not as loud, but no. do, do, <laughs> the world isn't as loud as New York, but does it inspire you um, as a, as an artist um, as, and a writer and a creator? Uh, I would say yes, it, it cer- certainly does, but I'm not sure what it, what it is. And I can't really say what it is back home either. What's inspiring me? My whole my all my songs have been kind of self-obsessed. It's been about like my love life or my search for a place to be to feel grounded or you know about anxiety. So meeting this city that I'm becoming friends with, but been doing that for for two years now. It I mean it brings out different things in me yeah that you know but but the actual inspiration what i'm singing about or what i'm thinking about what kind of puzzle i have in my head that could be from somewhere else in new york but sometimes going in going into manhattan and just being in that intense world that will provoke me to to, to think in other ways because I am, I have different, you know, there are different joys and fears and, I don't know, things you're afraid of, things you think look cool yeah. in, in a city like New York. So, yes, I mean, that's a, I don't know if that makes sense, but long answer, yes, it does inspire it, me. It does make sense. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about you living in New York, just visualizing it, kind of thinking about our chat and, 
I have one suggestion and one question. The suggestion, and I actually have a great date night for you guys, because oh, I, cool. I, I know you're a, a clarinetist. Um, that I don't know if yeah. pe- people listening know <laughs> that, but I know that. Um, every Monday night at the Carlisle Hotel in New York, Woody Allen, you can see him play the clarinet every Monday night. Have you ever seen or heard Woody Allen play the clarinet? I don't think maybe maybe on TV or like not not live. Maybe. It does ring a bell that he plays a clarinet, but no, I have never seen him live. It's so actually a great New York thing. Every Monday night, I think yeah. it's a five o'clock gig. No matter Carlisle. what, no matter what he's doing, no matter where he's shooting, he plays in his band. The movie your brain, your big brain, may be referencing is a movie called Wild Man Blues, uh, which, oh yeah, right, Barbara yeah. Koppel, great it's filmmaker, definitely. followed him around. It's actually the best documentary on him ever. When it came out, people were criticizing that she didn't ask any questions she didn't need to you really see him where he is in his life um but that's a that's a great treat the other thing i was thinking of with you in new york is um i don't know if you're a fan or uh wherever a fan or still are of tracy chapman the great uh guitarist uh, acoustic guitarist and singer songwriter she started busking she was a student in tufts university in cambridge and she would she would busk Uh, she couldn't afford uh, money for dinner uh, because of her tuition. Then I thought, could you imagine being in a New York subway and hearing the tallest man on earth busking? Like, and I'm not saying that as some joke. That would be amazing. Like, have you ever done that? Have you ever thought of doing that? Would Would you ever Would you ever do something as I, extravagant and strange as that? I have never done it. And to be honest, just thinking about it makes me pretty nervous about I, I don't know no i should probably do it and probably have fun but <laughs> it feels like it it feels like a tougher gig than playing i mean i'm not <laughs> That's rambling right. right now like tougher gig than i played royal abbott hall <laughs> i was gonna say uh, last summer but that's a that's a i don't know yeah no i should i'm not sure if i'm good enough but probably probably good good for my ego i, I think one of the things i like about busking I, the word i like and busking the actual origin of it, before I, I shut up here, it's a Spanish word. It comes from the Spanish verb buscar, which means to seek, which is an interest. Oh. Which it's an interesting word to look for. I don't know. I never really romanticized about the the the, the troubadour and the, the the busking and. But maybe I mean I do respect. Those. I always I give. I give money to people playing in in the street and all the accordion players back home in, in Sweden because I do feel that I do feel guilty that I get to have such a, an easy um, easy platform to play music on. So I'm going to ask you about a Swedish word for that. There's a spe- as you know the Swedish word we're going to talk yeah. about in a little bit, but it's one of my it's one of the most fascinating words in any language. This is the question I asked Jeff Tweedy. What is the difference between you and someone who hasn't? achieved and and is that connected to the guilt somehow like what it what it why why do you feel guilty when you look at someone who hasn't broken through i don't know i mean the yes i have played my way here and i played small venues and I, there's never like a big jump in my career where all of a sudden was where i'm at but you get reminded of like when i started to play in in bars and people were talking and the sound was bad and it was stressful and and all that but now and then now i'm just like i 
I'm on a, I'm on a tour bus and I get to fly everywhere and I, I can like have exactly the amps that I want and I can complain that, you know, one of my 10 guitars didn't arrive in the flight. But today I get like, I, 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 I trans, I, when I, I see a person that, you know, that has to struggle more with performance, I get reminded of that maybe I've been there, but yeah, you're talking about the Swedish word, jantelag, that you can't, that you can't express that you are more than anyone else. When I first heard this word, lagom, and uh, we had uh, Jonas Ackerlin on the show. Logum. Logum. We had Jonas Ackerlin on the the show. You can hear it in his voice, too, and I don't mean to simplify it. Um, But a a Swedish student I was teaching a few years ago introduced me to it. It blew my mind. Maybe America is the opposite in the sense of, you know, America is a very yeah. competitive space and we're, America is a very image-based country. So we're, we're, we're the opposite. But let's put that aside for a second. What, where does that start? Where, what, when do you first hear that? When, do you, when are you first introduced? Because the, the Swedish culture is not a, is not a it doesn't feel very uh, aggressive in a sense. But what is the, what is the punishment for not being in the middle of the road or, or in the middle of where everyone else is? Uh, what is the punishment? What is the danger in stepping out? I don't know. Examples. I have, I, since I'm over here and I still have a house in Sweden and I have a company in Sweden and a studio there, I need to get an assistant. So it's my, my friend in the, in the next village over. She is my assistant now. And she takes care of everything. But I can't use the word assistant. Mm. The the word exist in Swedish, it's the, it's the same, assistant. But I can't use that word when I, when I speak to the, the, uh, my neighbors in my village that I got an assistant because that sounds like I'm a Hollywood actor or right. something. It's so big. And it's, so I, I do that thing where I, ha- I have to like say that she works in my company. She works in my company. That's, I can say, and... I, I, now she, she cuts my lawn and, and I, <laughs> I'm not I laughing. Have, I'm just, I, this I, is fascinating. I'm laughing because it's but, fascinating. Yeah, but, this but is I fascinating. Have, I, I mean, I, yep. I can, I can go and play like, <laughs> Sydney Opera House and I, and I come home to my house and there's, I have a maple, a big maple on my property and some branches are sticking out too much in the, on the little village road and the little road organization in the village told me that I need to take care of that because the fire trucks need to come by and it was wildly exaggerated because they need stuff to do. Uh, but I did it myself because if I would have, if I would have, um, hired like a, we call it landscaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that would have been. It would have seemed posh, or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been posh because you're supposed to take care of your. But maybe, I mean, maybe that's why I, I like it here, too. I mean, I do, I, I I appreciate some of. I mean, that's the extreme of it. That's the, the, you but can't the, boast the, and, and the yeah. 
Well, they're both extremes. But, they're both extremes. America is the other extreme. You know, and I, I guess I wonder, is there a place? Because when I hear what you're reporting to me about the Swedish reflective surface, you know, it, it feels stern in, in a certain way. You know, my only bad, stupid Swedish history I know is Ingmar Bergman. And Bergman, you know, Bergman yeah. talked about <laughs> having a very strict upbringing, a very yeah. a, a paternal upbringing and he would retreat into dollhouses and it's funny how this works out isn't it you know dollhouses and and play acting led him into the theater which led him to Ingmar Bergman so not to psychoanalyze you I don't want I don't want to you know I'm not here to psychoanalyze anyone but that's a good try I know I could and I I could get you when I think of the sweet the Swedish idea I think is it that we're all equal and every everything is a value, or is it know your place? Like, what is the subtext? What is the subtitle? Yeah, but it, it, uh, it's yeah, it's hard. But it's 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 kind of like don't don't forget that we're all equal, or don't forget. But it's not that noble. It's like it's right. because there's no ex- explanation given. There's yeah, it's I don't know where where it comes from. Yeah. We had it, it was. A really, I guess, in the from the fifties, fifties and sixties, when we had the we're working class society, and we had social democratic. Most of us were voting for the social democratic party, and we had a good thing that I love about Sweden that we got the we got the health care taken care of and we're taking care of of each other and like having having our taxes paid for for schools for everyone and and that that we were a society that helped each other but then if someone if someone got too much of an individual then that was that was frowned upon and it's it's a it's a tough balance because i yeah well, you know, it's, it's a tough balance because I, I believe it. I believe in that. I believe in that society where we all help out. But it's also it gets hard to, to, to even though we have many inventions that come from Sweden and a lot lately in the in the digital world and software <laughs> and stuff, you, stuff stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But but it is there is a. It's not. There is. I don't know. There's a tension, but maybe that's. Maybe that's good. I maybe I like that. Maybe that's what I had something like. Just like when you're a pole jumper, and you have to like you, when you, I don't know the you put your pole down, and it starts that tension, and it's really hard, and then it just it just sets you you fly in the sky, and that's kind of. I, I I think maybe, I think limits or or even philosophical limits are actually powerful. No, I'm very very. Very, very stubborn, and I, <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I get, I get onward by just taking challenges, taking upon me like challenges that feels insane. But then I say, yes, I'm going to do that because then I have to figure it out with them. But I am actually I've been botting a lot of film gear actually, and I'm up all night watching tutorials and color grading and. Lots of stuff, and I'm filming myself playing the songs that I'm just writing, and I'm planning to maybe just let people hear them uh, before they're ready, but also in a very cinematic way. 
But I, I, it's not, it's it's not it's, a, it's not just a not just a document or a vlog or something like that. But it it's kind of insane because I I feel that I would probably need a year to to figure it all out. But I'm trying to do that in a month and kind of it's been a month and it's going pretty well i have the cameras up here right now and i have i'm buying cinema lenses on ebay and stuff like that yes i'm over here and i'm very i feel there's a there's a bigger freedom but i i can't say what what's best and what's what's better what's worse because there's a thing here as well especially what i felt in new york about careers and people everyone's comparing careers like when people meet here right they say what do you do so that's you say, one of the first things yeah, yeah. Say, say, yeah. say your name say what do you do. and then my my girlfriend who's an american when she came to sweden the first time like and we had a had a dinner at my my house with a lot of friends and when they left she she said it's strange but like no one, it feels like no one's really interested in what i do i mean she's not a very she's a she's a confident woman but it was just so different to her and like it's like no one really cares what i do <laughs> That's amazing. and i said like yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah it's, it's actually true because they don't i mean they, they're interested but like when maybe it's a it's a i don't know wages like equal yeah. it's yeah. it's more, a little more equal like that i can in in my group of friends there's not that it's not a difference in class even though some work in a grocery store and one in the sells clothes and some is a school teacher one is a school teacher and I'm a musician but it's not we we make it we make it a good enough living to to live to live a good life and so it's not the it's not the career that um that you, that, what's the word, that you identify, that identifies you. Well, well, it's and, and more about the person. Well, and that can be disarming. I know when I lived abroad or I lived in Europe and Italy, you, as an, Ameri- yeah, oh, as an yeah, American, you, ex- you expect it. You, you expect that they're going to ask me, you know, do I have a job? Am I single? I'm a blah, 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 blah. You know, all these like bo- these data points. Um, so it, yeah. it's nice to f- because, as you say, maybe there's a democratization of y- how much you can achieve, but there's also a social democracy outside the U.S., which I think is great. You know, in other cultures, yeah. you know, we this is a bad example, but you know, the U.S. doesn't hug. We're not a physical culture right away. You know, I know when I travel to Brazil, they treat you like you their long lost cousin. You know, but it, but every society has its plus and minus you know and i i think i like your architecture of being here when you need to just don't go out to la you know la everyone's in a band you realize that not everyone's you know i used used to think everyone's in film production everyone's in a band i think i'm in a band when i go to la and i'm not yeah i go to i go go to la and it's like groundhog day (laughs) the same day every day and i i I love it i love it for two weeks but and i do i've when I'm there, I think I should live here. It's great, the weather, and <laughs> there, there's everyone spread out. But then, I, I, I miss attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 
tension, some some tension. Right, I know what you said. Work. Not like yeah. attention, yeah. tension, like expectation. Yeah. To me, I'll just say one last thing before we, we just a couple other thoughts with you. Yeah. But tension is one of the most underrated words in the world in the English. And any te- tension means yeah. expectation that I expect something that there's a cause and effect. You know, movies yeah. operate on expectation. You know, I don't want a movie that's 24 hours long. It's not a movie. You know, with all due respect to Andy Warhol, and you know Hitchcock knew this, right? So expectations. So I agree with you. You know, seasons, expectation, change, contrast. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a weird constellation. Give me two seconds to make to form it for you, and I want to get your response to it. Sure. We had um, Leslie Feist, uh, this singer, aka Feist, on on a show. I love her. Amazing. Yeah. I asked her. I said, when you sing. And you perform in front of a microphone. Is that acting? You perform with the with the stage name, essentially. Um, yeah. This this is a newsflash to those of you listening. The tallest man on earth is not your your birth name. It's not your Christian name. When you perform, is that a version of acting? That's what I asked Leslie, and I want to ask you that. And and given all these other accoutrements, your sensitivity level, your 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 level of being in touch with. The audience, and also, you know, the fact that you're you're indeed a persona. You are the tallest man on earth. So, is what yeah. you do acting? Uh, I would say, I would say no. Like for for the most part, for the for the most part, because I've I've thought I used to think it was acting, but it actually it's such a strange like it's so different from from my 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 regular life when I. When I'm on on stage, because I'm I'm not a very super, I'm not an extrovert, in at parties or with a, a pretty quiet person and not the center of attention. But then when I get on stage, I can there the things that are actually that I feel is my there's so much in me that I I don't know how to get out in. In, in in everyday life that I can do, and I'm in this it's it's this, it's this strange reality on stage where you can do pretty much anything you feel like, and and people just look at you. But then I think you can I can experiment, which is probably acting about because people won't know the difference. Where it's just me being like expressing things that I I have this. That I have in me that I just want out. I just, I just want out, but there's no other. There's no other stage for it in life. But in in part, like when say the acting comes on, when people, if people talk too much or if something happens, then I could because I'm 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 in that persona that is me, but it's super me or yeah, different yeah, me yeah. Uh, I don't in that but then i can i can i can speak in ways like between songs that i would never never do and that it's not really that it's actually that it, it is an act but just because i am abusing the power i have on standing on a stage with when your voice like when <clears throat> in re, in regular life your voice can only be heard by the people just around you yeah. A couple of them, but all of a sudden you can you can talk, and a couple thousand people can hear exactly what you're saying clear. And so yes, then once in a while there's things that where you're because you're in that you're in that flow of 
that you can do whatever you want. So yes, there's some acting in there, but I've, I've figured for it, it's, it's not, it's not an, an act. It's just, there's a, there's so much that I want to do with, <clears throat> with Christian maths and like with, with this life that we have, there's, I have a, I have a vast imagination and I, I, I think a lot. And this is this is a shocking stri- shocking revelation. You sound like you're very <laughs> you you haven't had a thought in your good thought in your head in 22 years. It sounds like. Are you kidding me? You, I, I, you know, I, I I pity you and I'm with you because I I can't stop thinking. We're speaking with tallest man on earth. Would you ever act in a film? Would that be interesting to you? You know, you, you don't seem to be someone. It seems like if someone challenges you to do something, you're you're going to do it at some point. Yeah. Um, would you ever act in yeah, a film? Yeah, that's why I I would I would say yes. I would probably be terrible from the if, from if I started, but I would I would try to figure out how to do it. I would probably you know I would reach out to some experts that could <laughs> help me because I I think yeah I think I I would like to try that. I, I think I definitely would like to try that. Do you and Lucas Modison? Do you ever run in the same circles? Um, no, 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 we don't. But actually, I had. In the studio where I mixed the Dark Artist Home, it's a big screen TV behind that we put on movies without sound, and we just had Show Me Love on. Oh, how cool! His movies are great. Yeah, without sound, that would be cool. That would be really trippy. You asked what comes out of Sweden. Well, one thing that did come out of Sweden was the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Yeah, Alfred Nobel. Do you study Alfred? Did you study Nobel in school? Was he an important figure for young Swedish? academia mm, eh, I think we we yeah we 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 learned about him but not on a very deep level I think on the rudimentary that he you know he did the dynamite thing right and, he founded that's the irony the the man the the father of the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> actually discovered he invented yeah. dynamite but I, I reference that because Mr. Dillon and I know he's referenced a lot with you and I think you're an amazing songwriter what did you think of that beyond it being Bob Dylan the fact that a Nobel was going to a songwriter under the under the heading of literature was that an exciting moment it wasn't very ex- I, I I don't know I this has been it's been on the table, like for I don't know for how many years they've been talking about if Dylan should get the prize, the the Nobel Prize. And there's a lot of talk if if this is politics, if this is right, right. Uh, so, so it's a it's that's pretty tiring to just. So I haven't paid attention to it. And when he finally got it, it's like, hmm, that's good. But when I thought more about it, I think it's actually really great. Bob Dylan's lyrics were really important to me to open up a to open up a world of you know I don't know surrealist thinking just like it's it it it, it was Highway sixty one revisited that album that was yeah. so important important to me and then I and that I feel is really good literature but i don't really i don't know if it's if if it's who should get that prize i don't not really but i am um, i think it's cool i think it's i think it's great and uh, i like for I, I can just i i, I can't i can't 
figure out how important he has been in, in the world, but he's been really important to me. And went to went to see him play at Saint when he came to Stockholm, and it was I don't know I've seen him a couple of times over the last few years, and it's not it's not amazing, but it's charming, and it's I, I am he has been playing forever, and I I can I can see my I can see my uh, maybe my future self. Like I I don't know how how I could stop. He's just going on, just playing, and and um, yeah, I don't know. Do you ever think you were born at the wrong time? No, no, I never I never think that. No, I I I can't I can't see that I would. I would probably have that. Probably have just as much anxiety and feel awkward in another <laughs> in another time and space. No, I, I, I'm. I think I'm definitely in the, in the. I don't know what time would be be better. You know, I mean, sometimes I, I because I am, I I'm in, out in nature a lot, and I am saddened a lot about how we treat, you know, how we treat the environment and seeing. I would, you know, sometimes that that's when I wanted to be. You know, when I'm when I'm out walking by. By river that just been, it's just been it's just hydro plants everywhere and everything's been adjusted to to man and to to get to get to see that to get to see nature in, in a more untouched state. I guess that's what I feel I wanted to, wanted to live in. Yeah, but but in our modern and culture and all that, no, I don't think so. Mar- Marvin Gaye had it right, didn't he? You know what's going on? If you can, if you listen to that album now. It's like he wrote it last week, um, but yeah. it's just—it's beyond. I mean, that's a discussion for a different day. But I, I want to say, you, your work reflects to me the modern beauty uh, that does exist, but but uh, the essence of the poetry that defies time. Um, I rarely—I'm pretty agnostic about our guests. I have to be because I have a job to follow. But I, I must say, man, uh, listening to your music is a gift. That is so nice of you. Thank you so much. That means, that means a lot. Christian, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure, man. Uh, the tallest man on earth. Maybe the next time we do this, we could do this in person. I wish you all the best yeah. with work and art and, and enjoy New York uh, while we're gone. Enjoy New York for us. Take care, man. Thank you. Yeah, so School, much. man. Ciao. Bye. School.
Like the sound when you sweep up the floor And how something with the dirt is just a friend Since they shook the earth in 1904 You should hear me sing that song in my car. I'm amazing. <laughs> I rock that song. I, it, it is true. I do try very, I try. I'm awful at it, it seems, um, that when we have guests, and I truly, you, as you listen to the show, if you listen to the show, you could probably tell, oh, he really likes this music. Uh, I think Tallest Man on Earth is awesome. I think his music is awesome. If you want a really cool road trip thing you know itunes uh tallest man on earth essentials just start at the top it rocks king of spain pistol dreams uh wind and walls uh the gardener man but my favorite is that song 1904 so i'm amazing i can sing those songs <laughs> christian is such a cool guy i thought i mean i don't know you know there's always this distance between the guest and i because of the context but i get excited it's not that the music or the art of that artist gets me excited it's the topic it's it's trying to understand something better gets me really excited and I'm finding week after week that answers are overrated. The questions are fun and exciting and guests don't like to be pinned down, but I'm going to keep trying to pin them down because one answer is simply one answer. I mean, there are multiple answers to every question I find, unless it's 
super duper empirical uh, mathematics that said facts are facts are uh, you know frustrating little things for a lot of people but i like the questions i love the artists i like the artists i love the questions and i love the listeners so please keep listening uh, to murmur every week we want to thank christian matson the tallest man on earth for being with us here today we want to thank you for being here today Every week, live on WHUPFM.org. June 13th, Canada. Be on the lookout. Quadrophenia, one night only. You'll see our chat with my chat with David Cross. Preceding that, that's part of Cineplex events. Go to modernschoolfilm.com for more information. At MSF Murmur, all social handles. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, murmurradio.com. See you soon.